Ready, set, go. <laughs> hey guys, this is Crystal. And this is Gabby. Well, wait, I said Gabby. My family's been calling me Gabby, I'm sorry. I know, I call you Gabby to Taryn because that's what he knows you as. Guys, this is Elle and we are alternative interests. <laughs> Welcome to episode two. Tell us what's up. I picked Nicole White. It was like a local case, so I thought this would be nice. Nicole White was a 28-year-old mom of two who actually lived in Ording, Washington. Nicole's family and like friends describe her as a very fun-loving person. Her mom would describe her as like life of the party. She loved great outdoors, being outside. Hiking and fishing and all that fun jazz. She also was a devoted mom who loved her kids and basically put family first all the time. When Nicole was 23 years old, she actually met a guy named Brandon White. What was Nicole's maiden name? You know, I'm not sure. I worked with her mom. I don't want to say her last name, but I worked with Jill. I don't know if they had the same last name. Oh, yeah, because she wasn't clear because she has, she already has like one son already. And okay. I don't know if it was like a boyfriend or if they were married and then she was divorced. Right. I think it was like a boyfriend and she ended up having this kid and he left the picture. I don't know. None of that's explained. They never <laughs> talk about this other little boy, really. She meet Brandon White off of a dating app. Didn't they meet on Tinder? No. Oh, I thought it was Tinder. It's plenty of fish. Oh. (laughs) Okay, I should not laugh. My friends and I were just like, oh, slightly makes sense. (laughs) I feel like all the creepers go in on, like, on plenty of fish because I feel like girls go on there with, like, this. It's for Christians, isn't it? Or was it originally for Christians? You know what? I've never even touched it. I don't know. I swear... I swear, originally, it was meant for Christians. I think it was, I too. don't think it is anymore, but... You know what? Any dating app. It could have been any dating yeah, it, I mean, they all it have happened. creepers. They all have creepers. I'm not gonna lie. They're everywhere. So, Brandon White. 100% her type. He was the rugged outdoorsy guy who loves shooting and fishing and guns. You know, if you go down in that little... Washington area. Yeah. It's not really southern Washington. It's like, I it's, don't know, the so, eastern Washington area. They're everywhere. Well, also, <laughs> we're we're in Pierce County, and they're everywhere in Pierce County. Basically, that's all it is. Pierce like, County has so many, like, farming. there's so much forest. There's yeah. off-roading. I mean, I grew up in King County, and we would, we would drive to Pierce County to go, like, <laughs> off-roading every weekend. So it's it's definitely like that. I, I don't want to say hick because they're not, like, trashy. Yeah, it's not trashy. They're it's, just... It's like... We love the outdoors here. Yeah. It's almost like cowboy without the cowboy. Yeah. Like, the same kind of interests. They did have a lot of the same interests, Nicole and this Brandon guy. Their relationship was more of an opposites attract kind of thing because she was described as like super bubbly and outgoing and she was just nice to everybody, super caring, and he was kind of like more reserved and quiet into himself. They meet and I think it was like about three months later or something like that in October of 2012, they actually get married. They like fell in love, get married. Nicole's family liked Brandon a lot. Everyone thought they were really good together just because of, like, their, I guess, their personalities and it, like, meshed. And their interests were so similar. After they got married, they were married for about a year. And then Brandon actually gets a job offer. He takes it, but the job's all the way in Alaska. Oh, was it a fishing job? I don't know. It never actually says... I feel like all the Alaska jobs are fishing. I mean... Those guys that go on the commercial fishing boats make good money. Yeah. And they only work... I mean, you choose how much you work, but they work in seasons. Mm-hmm. So you, it's kind of like working as a teacher. You work nine months, and yeah. then you're paid for the whole year. Like, you go up and work on these fishing boats, and you make a pretty decent salary. Where, like, even yeah, if you're not working... <laughs> oh, I've heard stories. Never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to go be a fisher, guys. <laughs> Like any good wife would do, 
but I slightly, like, question her choice. She goes to go be with Brandon up in Alaska, but she leaves her son here in Ording, here in Washington. He could see, like, his dad and still go to the same school and stuff. Okay, that that makes sense. So I'm not sure, though, if he, like, went with his dad or if he stayed with her mom. I don't know. It never, like, I can never figure out. This is what I'm saying. It never really touches too much on, like, what actually happens to, like, these kids. Right. So, I mean, she leaves and the kids are taken care of by someone, yeah. but we don't know who. Yeah. I don't understand why she just, I mean, I guess the dad is probably why she didn't, like, take him, but, like. Right. And, I mean, stability in their yeah. life. And, like I said, the fishing jobs are really seasonal. Yeah. So, it could just be that he was going up there for a season and he was coming back. And that's a lot of moving and change for a kid. Do you know how old he was at the time? I know both of her kids were pretty young. No, I cannot figure out how old. He wasn't that old, though. I don't think right. so. Right. So, I mean, I if they were only going up there for a season and coming back, I it makes sense that she would leave her son so that he could stay in the same school and not disrupt his life. Yeah. But from the sounds of, like, just what I've read and, like, the documentary and everything that I was watching, it sounds like they were just living up there. There was no coming back and forth. Okay. May of 2014, so about two years into their marriage, Nicole and Brandon are living in Alaska. They actually end up having a kid. They have another little boy, so this is where kid number two comes along. Right. Around the same-ish time of having this kid, Nicole actually kind of starts seeing signs and weird things going on with Brandon, and she starts, like, a, like thinking that he was cheating on her. Aww. And then after looking into it, like, their bank account and their credit card purchases or whatever, like, looking into that kind of stuff, right. she actually finds a lot of unnecessary expenses. Okay. Like, dinner and travel Aww. and hotels. And so... Wait, if they were living together, how did she not notice hotels? And travel. See, I don't know if they, if it was like a recent okay. thing, but maybe if it, if if he's like traveling for work, air quotes, yeah, <laughs> traveling okay. for okay. work. Nicole actually stopped trusting Brandon because she brought it up to him, and he didn't really give her an answer. I don't know if they did or not, but they got into a really big fight, and then she moves back to Washington to live with her mom. She was, like, basically in Alaska for, like, less than two years. Uh, and then she comes back to Washington. In June of 2014, she was actually dealing with a really hard, like, legal battle with her soon-to-be ex-husband, Brandon, because right. they were starting the divorce thing, but they were fighting really bad over, like, custody rights for this for the kid. So, when she moved back to Washington, did she bring her son with her? Yeah. Okay. She, like, picked up, the like, her kid and, like, left. Okay. She basically was just like, screw you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's cheating. She picks up her I, son, comes home, yeah. and basically she has to put her life back together. Yeah. That's kind of, like, what happened. And then I don't know how soon after, because they mentioned it a few times... I don't know if it was, like, a few months after or, like, a year after they separated. He actually got engaged to somebody else. Oh, before wow. Before the divorce was even finalized, it sounds like. That's fast. I know. Hmm. Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Long story. <laughs> um, well, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> or never. <laughs> they, so they were actually fighting about it a lot. Like, he would call her and fight about it, and they were going to get, like, lawyers involved. So it was actually, like, really hard on Nicole because she loved her kids, and her being who she was, very family-oriented person, it was just really draining for her is kind of, like, what her mom said she was, like, seeing. Mm -hmm. And her, like, friend and sister. And I guess she lived with her mom and si uh, friend. So it was her mom, her friend, and her who all lived in the same house. And then the two boys. And I think that's how the setup kind of was. Because okay. she got her other kid when she moved back. That's right. why I don't know if he was with her, the dad. Or right, with or with mom. the grandma. Okay. Yeah. Nicole being, you know, whimsical. I meant that in a good way. She actually gets back on the dating game. Her mom thinks that was kind of fast because, like I said, the divorce wasn't finalized or anything. Right, but it's kind of like if if my husband got engaged to another girl, it, like it's, it's really sad, but it's almost like who wins. 
Yeah. But also, different people are different. So, I mean, she could have moved on and been completely ready to date. Yeah. Especially with how stressed she was. It's probably like, I want to go out and date someone and just have fun. And yeah. forget I have all this nightmare going on. Yeah, it's yeah. like a good escape. So, she gets back on the dating sites. She goes back, back to uh, Plenty of Fish. So, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it worked <laughs> It worked out for her the first time she found her husband there. Yeah, and then he cheated on her. <laughs> I feel like that's removed from the plenty of fish, though. <laughs> it's I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless her husband cheated using plenty of fish, you never know. That would have been very, very sad. So she meets good old Jonathan Harris. Again. Just her type, but also, like, everybody's outdoorsy in Washington. <laughs> Ever. A lot of us are, yeah. I, Especially down here. Yes. Um, because ording outdoorsy just means going in your backyard. It's not like, it's not like, well, we the bigger cities like backyard. Seattle and Tacoma, like you gotta travel yeah. to get to forest, but when you're living in, I, I keep saying Pierce County, but like, we have really? so many, we have so many trails down here. You literally like, walk to the end of your driveway and you've yeah. got, like, a hiking trail you can yeah. go to. I really do feel like there's, like, a bubble around the Seattle area a little bit and then, like, a little bit expanding. Like, I want to say Bellevue. There's, like, those certain really big cities that you can, like, bubble around where it's, like, touch and go. But then everywhere else, it's, like, you legitimately go across, like, down the street and there's right. a hiking trail. I mean, you don't, you don't have to go far to get to somewhere that's yeah. outdoor recreation. Yeah. He was... Just kind of like Brandon. I mean, I shouldn't say just kind of like Brandon, but he was country guy, liked big trucks, four-wheeling, hunting, and outdoorsy things, fishing and the likes. They end up going, so they match, and then they're like talking a little bit or whatever, and then they end up going on a date to a bar that Jonathan actually was like a bouncer for here and there. Then it was in, I don't know, I mean... It's closed now, the bar. It is. It was in Spanaway. Yeah, it's in Spanaway. It's actually... So when I go visit my parents, because they live way out there, I actually would drive by this bar, and it was still up, and, like, the logo was still out, and so the bar's name, I don't know if it mentioned it, but it was called Jeepers. Yeah, it does. So on the outside, they actually had, like, a Jeep that was a part of the outside of... It was really cute, but it never reopened, so Mm -hmm. I just remember one time I was driving home from my parents' house, and I passed by, and the Jeep was gone, and the sign was gone, and they were trying to find new tenants for it, and I know they found new tenants for the location, it's probably, I don't know, it might be a coffee shop now. We have a lot of those here. Yeah. I can't remember. And I couldn't, I actually looked for it on a map so I could see what it was now. And I can't remember exactly where it was. And uh-huh. if you search Jeepers, it doesn't pop up anymore. So I actually don't know what it is now. I tried. We could drive out there. It's not yeah, far. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's not, it's not far at all. So they go down to Spanaway up. Sideways. I don't know. Sideways. It would be over. (laughs) Down over. Span away. Into, and they go to the Jeepers to like meet up and stuff and, you know, have some drinks. And Nicole makes the smart choice and brings a friend. Good on her. Good. I know. I was so proud. (laughs) Actually, I was, I would have been impressed if she like shared her location. I'm actually surprised she brought a friend on a date. Yeah. Good on her. I don't know if they like labeled it. I mean, they labeled it on, like, the documentary and everything as, like, date, but she took her friend, so it sounds like more of, a, like, hangout. First time meeting. Yeah, first yeah. time, yeah. But you're on, you're on a dating app. It's yeah. gonna be a date, yeah. so. Guys, make sure people know where you are when you meet people online. <laughs> Always share your location. Always share your location. Crystal has mine 24-7. So they meet in Jeepers. They had a good time on the first date. Uh, nothing was weird, because they went on dates even after this, and then people at the bar and everything said they were just, like, flirting, having a good time, they played, uh, pool and stuff there, had drinks, everything, like, Nicole's life is, I mean, besides her divorce and everything, I mean, it's going good, she met a nice, cute guy. Dating a nice guy, having a good time. Um, it's about a year later-ish, because it's 2015, she actually contacts, uh, Jonathan to go out again. They go back to the bar that they first went on the date at, so back to Jeepers. Mm -hmm. The difference between this time 
I found out later that they actually went on, like, quite a few dates. Like, I think her sister said they've been on, like, several dates or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this is the first time she didn't go with friends. Oh, so this was... so the they one-on-one. They, -on -one. they had gone out together several times, but this was their first date date. Yeah. Okay. And it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> what happened is Jonathan saw, like, so they're out at this bar, and they're, like, having a good time and stuff, and then he sees an ex, and then he starts... Ignoring Nicole. Okay, number one, if you're on a date with somebody and you see your ex somewhere, just you're, ignore the ex. Right, you're supposed to, I mean, the polite thing to do is be like, oh, that's my ex, let's let's move over here so we're away yeah. from the ex. Not, not ignore your date. Yeah. Nicole, because of this, Jonathan's little reaction, uh, Nicole was alone at the bar for most of the night. Oh, I'd be so, I would have left. I would have left too. I'd have been like... Bye. Right. Especially on their first date. Like, I first know. actual, I would have been so Alone. pissed. Like, if I was with somebody, I mean, I would have left with the person. Jonathan almost, actually, he also got, like, really mad. And I don't know if it's because he was getting, like, more drunk. And then he got mad because he was, like, getting, like, you know how people just get mad when they get drunk. Yeah. Or, I mean, his ex was there. He might have gotten worked up over yeah. some fight they had. Yeah. The more he drank, the angrier he got. Yeah. I don't know if it was because, like, he was just getting drunk and, like, the more drunk he got, the more angry he got. Or if it was just he was really that angry. But he actually got into a fight with somebody. Okay. And threw a beer bottle. I think it was at Nicole. Like, because she tried to break it up. Yeah. Because Nicole's Nicole. And then he, like, threw a beer bottle. And so the bouncer guy, who was actually the head bouncer who was working at the time, had to, like, break it up and everything. Okay. Really bad date. <laughs> a really bad date. I don't know. I that would be like a zero out of ten. Never recommend again. Please tell me they called it a night. They don't know, really. I okay. Mean, there was never a footage of Nicole leaving the bar and who she left with. Did because Jeepers have cameras? It did, but it police officers looked at surveillance. They uh couldn't find her leaving, well, like, they couldn't see the door to, like, Oh, okay, so, like, it's like she left at some point, but the camera wasn't at the door, yeah. so they don't know when she left or who she left mm -hmm. with. Oh, no, that's an ineffective camera. I know, it's, like, in the bar, in the documentary with, like, Web Elias, um, yeah. it actually showed, and I don't know if they, like, made up this footage or if it actually was footage, I kept looking down when the footage came up and I couldn't see if it was actual evidence, mm -hmm. but... The way it looked is that it was looking at the bar, the actual bar itself. Oh, interesting. And, like, kind of where the pool tables a little bit were. I don't yeah. know if that's the actual angle or what, but there was really no... You couldn't really see the door too well. Right. You could kind of see it, So that's... Not really. I mean, it's a security camera, but it sounds like they're watching the bartender more... And, like, the liquor yeah. more than... The, so it's it's a self-serving security system. Yeah. It's not an actual, like, yeah. good security system. Yeah. Okay. That being said, I guess you can know what happens next. The next morning, Nicole didn't show up at home. June 7th of 2015, her mom and friends woke up to Nicole not being home, and she had to work that morning. The boys weren't up and taken care of, so her mom kind of started getting worried, and her friend was worried, so they would, were calling her. Nobody was picking up. And so they started calling her friends, like, so Nicole's friends. So they started branching right. out to other people. Nobody's heard from Nicole. Nobody knows where she was. So her mom and friends started getting worried because she, they also called work and she didn't show up. And then she wasn't at home. Right. Car's gone. They have no idea where Nicole is. And she wasn't the kind of person to just not show up anywhere, like, not call that she isn't coming home. Definitely she would go to work. She wasn't just the kind of person who would dip out and not and dis right. disappear like she that. She was a responsible adult. Yeah, she was a responsible adult. Nicole's mom actually tried to file a missing persons report and say that her daughter's missing, but the police are all like, she's an adult. She can do, she can be gone for overnight. And even though her mom was kind of persistent that Nicole wasn't that kind of person, they were like, you have to wait a while. Nicole's sister and friend actually go to the bar, back to Jeepers, and ask people at the bar if they've seen her. The bar confirmed that Nicole was there the night before with Jonathan Harris. 
they know he was there, and they ask for, like, his number, if they have his number, like, a way to contact him, like, his phone number, address, or anything like that. And the bartender uh, got a hold of the head bouncer, since Jonathan did, like, used to work there, was working there. Right. Um, the, The bouncer actually had his contact information. He sent that over, and so Nicole's family had Jonathan's address and phone number. So they start blowing up his phone. Right. And he does not answer. Sketch. Very. So they show up to his house like any good mother would. (laughs) That's something I I would do. I was going to say, I feel like if I went missing, if my mom did anything, I don't even think she would call first. I think she would just show up. Right. (laughs) Banging on the person's door. (laughs) Where's my daughter? Yep. My mom. But I can see, yeah, you doing that too. Yeah. (laughs) Nicole's mom goes to Jonathan's house and she kind of notices some weird things, like, with his truck, that it had, like, lots of, like, dirt on the wheels and stuff like that, and so she's a little, like, creeped out, and then... Well, you said he likes four-wheeling, and, you know, you go four-wheeling, your truck gets dirty, and it's almost like a flag of pride for these guys that go out wheeling. Seeing how dirty your truck is mm-hmm. is like a big look how cool I am. So those, that that those, one doesn't seem very weird. To those me. those are the true four wheeler guys. Yeah. <laughs> she starts to walk up to the house, and then Jonathan actually comes out with his mom. So Jonathan lives with his mom. He actually starts yelling at Nicole's mom about how Nicole ditched him at the bar. He didn't know where she went or what happened to her. It's not his problem. Get off the property. Nicole's mom's like, whatever, I'm calling the cops again, and she, like, leaves. As of right now, it's been over 24 hours, Nicole's missing. Right. Still missing. Nobody's heard from her. Nobody claims to know where she is. They can't contact her. Yeah, she's gone. Uh, but later that day, there is a couple walking outside of Ording. It didn't say exactly where this was, but, uh... This couple finds a car, kind of at a weird angle, parked on, like, the side of the road, but it kind of looked like it was, like, in between some trees, almost like somebody, like, came off the road and, like, hit these trees. So they called the police, and wouldn't you know it, it's Nicole's car! Okay. Yay! So then they filed a missing person report? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they find Nicole's car abandoned, with no license plates... Because that's normal. Yeah, I know, right? If I go missing, I'm taking the license plate. When when I go drinking, I take my license plates off. Yeah, you know, (laughs) like normal people do. Because they found the car abandoned, and it was, like, kind of looked like it was slightly crashed, the police decided to take it seriously. Good. (laughs) Yeah, so now they are listening. The officer that they actually have on the case is off Detective... Delgado. I think I'm saying his name right. But also, funny story, I don't know if I should mention this, but I love Brooklyn (laughs) Nine-Nine, and one of the officers is named Delgado. (laughs) I don't don't like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. What? I love that show. I started laughing. As soon as I heard it, I was just like, ah! Anyway, Delgado is on the case, and uh, they start looking out around Nicole's car and stuff. Honestly, he was look when he was looking at it, he said there's no signs of a crash. This was obviously set up to look like she crashed the car, but it was so poorly done because he's like, it's not like any, the windshield was broken. It's not like anything in the car was broken. Right. And actually he thought it looked really staged. Well, when you, when you love tap a tree, your license plates just fly off. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) They start searching like in the car. They got like, dogs in there to kind of like sniff around to see if they could smell anything and nothing was like picked up around the car by the car in the car and really there was nothing of hers in the car besides her phone case question mark just the case just the case that's what they said that's it that's all they could find in the car so like no other personal belongings This woman has two children, and there was no car seats in the car? No. No. Nothing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds believable. When when I got in my car accident last year, 
all of my belongings just evaporated. Because <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah. When you hit something, yeah. that's what they, they just disappear into the universe. After they found the car and they start, like, an actual missing person's case, Nicole's family actually starts walking the road that the car was found on. It was apparently in, like, a really woodsy area, so they're hoping that maybe she went to walk home, maybe got hit by a car, she's on the side of the road, dead. Police officers don't really want to rule her as dead yet, because they don't know if she's, like, captured. Right, there was no evidence on the car to suggest anything other than, you know, her her car's here and she's not. Yeah, so there's technically no foul play, but because there's technically nothing wrong with the car, that seems like foul play. Right. (laughs) So, because it looks staged. Nicole's mom and sister and family aren't giving up, trying to look for her, and they look at high and low all over. But after they find Nicole's car, they're, like, looking around. Somebody shows up to the house. Who shows up in the house? Good old the ex-hubby. Not technically ex yet, because I don't think their divorce was finalized by then. At least it wasn't stated. Wait, why is he... So, when did when did he come back to Washington? It's not clear when he showed... Like, that... It's not clear, like, when he showed up. At least it doesn't say when he showed up. Okay. But he came the day they found the car. He showed up to Nicole's mom's house. Wanting his son. Just randomly. Yep. No, I I don't know if they really talked to him beforehand and said, Nicole's gone, Nicole's missing. Right. But he just showed up. Demanding his son. Demanding his son and wanting to be with him. So. Okay. The weirder part is, is that he is missing a tooth, I think is what it was. Uh, and his face was all scratched up. When Nicole's mom asked him what happened, he said that he fell at work. Okay. Believable. Nicole's mom takes a picture of Brandon's face, sends it to the uh, the officer, Mr. Delgado, to, like, look into it more. Right. Because she's just like, this is sketch. Right. I mean. That's really smart. Yeah. I'm actually surprised she got a photo. Well, she she used the excuse that she's going to take, like, a picture. She took a picture of the kid, uh, the oh. son, and him together for a, quotes, air quotes, family picture. Okay. Because, smart lady. Yeah, I know. Because then you can actually kind of use it because it's. Not like that's why she she just took it for right. a family picture. I mean, I hope this never happens to me. Well, I no, hope I'm like that I clever. I can see if he didn't didn't know that Nicole was missing. So all he knows is Nicole's not home when he gets his son. Yeah, Grandma coming and saying, "Hey, let me get a cute picture for mommy." That sounds totally normal. Yeah. So yeah, he just shows up out of the blue, comes and gets the kid. The officers actually look into where he was, but as soon as Brandon, like, comes in, he, like, leaves. So he, like, gets there, doesn't stay too long, takes the kid, goes back to Alaska. Alaska? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that that's where Brandon was, I mean, like, Brandon was in Alaska. This is the thing. He was in Alaska, comes down for, like, a day, gets the kid, goes back up to Alaska. Okay. Yeah. That's normal. The detectives went in and tried to figure out where, because Brandon said, I was at work, I got hurt at work, or whatever. And so when the detectives tried to look into it, they actually found out that that was true. Awkward workplace injury, (laughs) but okay. He was at work the day Nicole went missing. Okay, so he just has extraordinary timing. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Detectives start kind of looking back into Jonathan, asking questions and everything. They show up at Jonathan's house and asked, and they were asking him questions like, what happened that night? How did it go? Well, so you remember how he told Nicole's mom that she ditched me? Right. He went and told the investigators that they went driving and went to a gas station. And she ditched him at the gas station. Okay, that accurate. Because I mean, that makes sense. But yeah. All right. Okay. So the investigators were like, "Well, did you try calling her?" Blah blah. blah. And he said he used a payphone. Now I'm going to stop for a second to ask: Have you ever seen a payphone anywhere in Pierce County or I don't anywhere know. around 
this western side of Washington. So what year was it? This is 2015? 2015. Yeah, I feel like that's recent enough that payphones just aren't really a thing anymore. Who uses a payphone? <laughs> right. But- and, like, my question is, he's saying he used a payphone. Where was this payphone? Like- I know. Yeah. That's kind of what the cops were like. Well, how much did you pay? What? Like, and they were like asking, where was your cell phone? Oh, my cell phone was dead, is what he was telling them. Okay. So as they're asking him questions, the mom is kind of like, the officer actually in the documentary says he doesn't know if his mom is in on what happened or if she's now getting suspicious of him because she kind of was like trying to hurry up the officer with asking questions. Yeah. They left it at that and like they didn't ask him too many more questions and then they left. As they're walking out and going back to the car, they smell a lot of like cleaning aroma. Like, you know, when you like just really get in there and clean your car like, for good measure. Like that bleach smell. Yeah, that bleach and, smell. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if you use bleach on a nice truck. I don't feel like you would if you valued that. But Unless- I know solvents, like strong solvents used for clean, they, smell real strong. His truck smelt of all the cleaning supplies. Daisy fresh, okay. Daisy fresh. The police officers filed a search warrant for the car. Good job. (laughs) Yeah, I know. At this point, Nicole's been missing for over 48 hours. People are, like, really freaking out. They don't have a body yet. So within the 48 hours of her missing, Brandon, like, leaves and takes the son, Jeremiah, to go back to Alaska. It's been three days... She isn't found, and they actually finally get the footage from the bar, and like I said earlier, nothing. They right. see them at the bar together, but they never see them, like, when they leave, and if they leave together or not. Right. Because, um, I mean, that whole fight happened, and that happened away from the bar. Yeah. So that wouldn't have been caught on tape. So yeah. as soon as both of them leave the bar, there's no telling the timeline of yeah who left when. Yeah. So they don't really, yeah, so they don't have that timeline. <laughs> They try looking up her cell phone records, seeing if she'd send a text to anybody that night, or if they could find, like, a ping location off of it. Right. And just their luck, because of an unpaid phone bill, her phone was actually turned off that night. Oh, my God. <laughs> I I feel really bad, but that is, like, the worst That is, like, the worst timing. timing. Just pay your phone bills, guys. So, what I would think... I don't know if you know, but you can actually take any cell phone with or without service and you can call 911 from it. It's a safety feature. Yeah. You can actually take a dead cell phone, like I have one sitting down here somewhere, and if I charged it and opened it up, you can dial 911 from it. As long as you're somewhere within cell phone range Uh of any provider, you can dial 911 on a phone. It's a safety feature that they have. So I'm wondering why if she didn't pay her bill... I would think they would still be able to track it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but they didn't. Interesting. I don't know if they just didn't really look too much into actually tracking it. Right. Because... Or, but it was the whole ping thing that it didn't. Yeah. I still feel like they should have been able to. I mean... Unless it was dead and then you can't, but... Yeah. Cops are square at square one from, like, after she left Jeepers. They don't know really anything that happened after that. But they do have a police officer look around the area that Jonathan said they went to a gas station or, like, a convenience store. And they actually get the footage from that, like, from the one that he said they were at. Right. And then they also were looking for payphones. And there is no payphones in that area at all. Right. Like, they knew. So, Jonathan's lying. So, after looking at this footage from this convenience store... For, they looked over over seven hours worth of footage, and they did not see Jonathan or Nicole on the whole, like, thing throughout the whole night. Right. Once again, Jonathan is lying. Right. So he's looking more and more suspicious. It's already June 10th. Jonathan is looking real fishy at this point. They have a search warrant for his truck, finally. And so they get his truck. And they start searching it and stuff. And they actually find a breathalyzer because I guess he got a ticket for drunk driving or something like that. And then he gets this breathalyzer. I see how this is helpful. But there's also a time and place for helpful things. And he was not smart. (laughs) Because that night, Nicole disappeared. 
and he said they were in her car. He has two, uh, so the specializer takes pictures every time he uses it, and it okay. randomly pings for him to use it to check if he's drunk or not. Right. He has two pictures from that night in his car. One of them, he's in front of his house. They can clearly tell he's in front of his house. Right. The next one, he's in some wooded area. Okay. But Nicole drove him home. <laughs> okay. But, I, yeah, he didn't use his car that night. Yeah, definitely. Okay. The police officers really sketched out about Jonathan, and so they start interviewing some of his friends, quote-unquote friends, especially from the night at the bar, the girl he said he was, like, his ex or something. Right. They start talking with her, and then she said if he's ever, like, said anything weird. And I, I'm, I'm sorry. If, if somebody ever said this to me, I say really weird things. And this is kind of alarming, because she says about how he, they were driving past the actual, like, uh, base. Like the... JBLM. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he says, and it's, like, this really woodsy area, and he tells her... About, she says about, like, several times he said it. So he brought it up frequently, which makes it more weird. He says that would be the perfect place to hide a body. Okay, so I could see the first time, <laughs> you know, I'm driving in the woods for the first time with someone new, and I'm like, yeah. you know, this would be a really good place to hide a body. <laughs> so actually, there is one place when you're driving past um, JBLM, again, towards my parents' house, that there's actually a section of road where no one has cell service. If I'm talking on the phone there, it drops the call there every single time, mm. and I actually have thought. To myself, but like, this would be a really good place to hide a body because there's zero cell service and it's a really long stretch of road and it's a long flat road. Mm -hmm. So you can see cars coming from either way. It's, it's a really good place to be sketchy. Yeah. But would you say that several times? No, I wouldn't say it several times. (laughs) But now I'm worried, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know places where I'm like, if I already need to hide a body, I know where to hide a body. Right. (laughs) But we're not getting on that topic. Um, there's a reason why I feel like so many, like, serial killers and stuff like that, or, like, just people get away with certain things in you, in, in Washington. I just, I just feel like that's a thing. You got a lot of places here. You got a lot of places. She takes, uh, the officer, uh, Delgado to the spot that Jonathan Harris was like, this is the perfect spot that had a body. And when they show up to the spot, Delgado gets out of the car, and he instantly smells decomposition. Oh, And no. so he starts looking around in this wooded area, but it's like a thankful slash dang it moment, because it's not Nicole. Okay. And it's some dead animal. Okay. And so, like, few, but also sad, because um, they still don't know where Nicole is. Right. So they're back again, square one, don't know where Nicole is, and this was... An animal and not her. So our family is still freaking out. Now, at this point, they're really suspicious of Jonathan. Brandon was their only other lead on, like, somebody who could possibly do it. But he's already gone, and they cleared him and stuff. So they're really digging into, like, Jonathan at this point. Like, he knows something. He did something. So they get a search warrant for Jonathan's mom's house. The police officers go there, and they use a black light in the house, um, in Jonathan's room, they find blood. Okay. All over his room. Wow. Not a little bit. Like, it showed some of the crimes, like the scene, crime scene photos. Yeah. It didn't look like there was a little bit of blood there. And it wasn't like in one spot. It was kind of like in like a few spots. Okay. When the officer asked about it, like, asked the mom about it, I don't know where Jonathan was at this time in the house. She, like, blamed it on the dog, and okay. she said that it's brought in, like, dead animals before, brought in a rabbit not too long ago, and I felt really bad, because I was just like, I have a dog, and I feel like he would, like, kill it before he brought it into the house, and... Not always. But, like, I, I feel like the rabbit wouldn't bleed as much blood as I saw. Right. And I I was just like, nah, I don't know, these bloodstains don't really match that right. story. <laughs> but whatever, I'm not an expert. After they check Jonathan's room and have find these blood spatters and they like take pictures of them, they actually bring in the puppies. Aww. Canine unit. 
And those good old doggos lead them to a detached garage okay. in the house. They find the old sweater that Jonathan was wearing from the night Nicole went missing. And it was black. It's just this black sweater, but it is just wet. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just like, it prob- probably smelled bad, too. They didn't say that, but I can picture it. Like, right. <laughs> the dog also leads them to even more bloody clothes. And then <laughs> it gets better because, I mean, they can't arrest them because they can't. I mean, that blood could be from anything, really. Right. They got to test it first. Yeah. But it gets better because they're digging around in the garage after that. They find illegal ammunition that he brought over state. So So they do have something to arrest him for. (laughs) Yes. I found out it's illegal. And I don't know if it's like this for all states, but for Washington it is. It's illegal to bring ammunition from a different state into the state of Washington. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you can get arrested for that. I can't go to a different state and then, like, Idaho, and then come back over and have ammunition. That's illegal. Weird. Yeah. And I I think it has to do with, like, the uh, tracing it with, like, when you shoot something, like, with guns or whatever. Anyway, I don't know. It's some big gun thing. Okay. Somebody can... I don't know guns. Please tell us why this is illegal. Yeah, somebody... I mean, I was going to look into it, but then I was just like... I I think it has to do with, like, tracing, like, who the bullet belongs to or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. They have their lead suspect in custody because... That's what happens when you break the law <laughs> and uh, kill somebody, probably. But they still don't have Nicole. So, actually, we don't know if he killed her. Right. But it's been seven days now. They haven't found her. They're really struggling, and they don't know. And he's not talking at all and not saying a darn thing to anybody about anything. Diego goes back in and tries to look to see what, if there's anything they missed while they were looking in there. Right. Those pictures that I mentioned earlier, he looks back at those. And he looks back at the wooded area ones. Honestly, I don't know how that could be basically anywhere. He's looking at this picture, and he actually calls the old boss from Jeepers, Jonathan's old boss. This guy seems really cool. He seemed, he like had a really nice, in the documentary, like he talked a lot, like, right. like quite a bit or whatever. I was just like, oh, this seems like a nice guy. So they, he was, like, happy to help. They asked him if he might know, like, what this was, like, where this could be. He said, you know, there's a place, it's like a lake, that he would always, like, going to, like, they would always go to. And it was Kabush, Ka, Kaposin? Kaposin. Kaposin. <laughs> it's, um, it's out past Olympia towards, like, Shelton area. Oh, wait, no. No, 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 no. No, no I'm sorry. To, I, it is, it's, um, it's near Ording. Yes, because I had to Google it, because I was like, I've never heard this lake before. Yes. And it's, like, way, like, I, I actually, I mean, like, it's not, like, super far, but it's just, like, I'm, it's a, a pretty decent-sized lake, and it's connected to a different lake. Right. But I'm never going there, because, nah. He said, go check out this lake, and they actually went... So they went and they searched Jonathan's cell phone records and mm-hmm. stuff for, like, text messages from that night. And he pings. And they actually got a ping from that night at this lake. Oh. But it was so generalized because the lake is... Because it's, it's so big. Like. Yeah. They start looking around this lake. They have helicopters, dog, like, the canine unit going, and lots of different officers. They even have, like, people, like, just... People in the area looking as well. They've been looking around this lake for five days. Wow. It took five days. And they finally found Nicole's body. It was wrapped up in a tarp. And so that I guess that's kind of... And it was off the trail quite a bit. And I think it was the dog that found it. It was off the... Yeah, it was off the ways. And then after they, like, took it in and everything, the autopsy came back that she was beaten to death. Oh. So it wasn't like it was some quick and easy thing. Yeah. Like they said she it was her beating was to her face and her chest. And, and so I actually I heard and it's it's a really long time ago cuz I haven't thought about this case in forever, but I thought I heard that her injuries were consistent not with a beating but with being stomped to death. Yeah, I read that too. Uh, the documentary didn't cover it, okay. but I found that kind of often. Okay. And like I said, I was, when I was looking for things that actually like about, about the case, 
there wasn't too much. Right. But I also found that they actually found her body somewhere else, like, more closer to the base. Okay. So I was just like, okay. But I think they got it mixed up with what was before. Right. Let's just say she wasn't, from her, like, the damages and everything done to her, it wasn't quick and it wasn't painless. That's really sad. She suffered very, like, a lot. Yeah. It was very much probably very painful. After finding Nicole, the police started putting the pieces together and Jonathan, they were trying to charge him with first degree murder. Police try to start like thinking about what happened. And so this is like what police think happened. They don't know if this is what actually happened. So they think Nicole was just being her sweetheart self and Jonathan was drunk and tried, she was just trying to get him home mm-hmm. and she gets him home. But he probably wanted something she didn't want. He obviously has anger issues. Right. And it just went downhill from there. But on October 31st is when Jonathan pleaded guilty for second degree murder. And then I took a little expert from an article that I found kind of like about it. Because about the actual like, what is it called? Plea deal? No. When they're in the courtroom. Let's see. Well, there's there's the arraignment. There's the sentencing hearing. Yeah, the like the well, like when he confesses that he did it. Okay. This is why I was um, I'm kind of saying like this is what the police think because he never actually says why he did it and he refuses to. Well, I don't I don't want to hear anything from him anyway because he's lied so many times. Yeah, it would probably all be a lie. Right. I mean, and it's probably some bullshit reason that. I bet you anything, I mean, he seems like the kind of guy who doesn't like his masculinity challenged. Yeah. And so I bet it really was that he wanted something that Nicole didn't want to give. And her saying no just bruised his tiny little boy ego. Yeah. One of the reasons why I took this expert, expert, whatever, (laughs) this piece out of this article, it's because uh, they have a quote from her brother-in-law. And it says... Colleen White, four foot nine, with the biggest heart I've ever seen. She's four foot nine, little tiny thing. Okay. Um, and then he called Harris a six foot eight monster and coward. I just love, I'm, I'm like, just the size difference. Right. Like, how could you do that? Four foot nine to six foot. I mean, she was two feet tinier than him. Yeah. During the actual, like, hearing, and he admits to it and everything, he apologizes to the family, and he, like, says he wishes he could take it back, but he never gives them a reason. He never says that it was, like, because she wanted to give me what I wanted, I was just angry, and I lost control, blah, blah, blah. It was just, like, no reason at all. Like, his defense attorney, this is, this actually kind of got me a little mad. Like, I get trauma, childhood trauma can do stuff to you. Oh. You know what's coming. Yeah. They basically blame it on his trauma from when he was a he was a victim of all that. And then they also actually said that the severe bruising and everything that she had was actually from him throwing her out of the truck Why the day he... he dumped her body. And it wasn't actually him. Oh, my God. They can tell the difference between pre- and post-mortem bruising. And (laughs) Yeah, no. I was was not. Those are, like, so dumb. So dumb of reasons, especially. It's not a reason. It's not. It's not. He actually was, like, I guess he actually cried there. When I see pictures of him, he looks scary. I haven't actually looked up. I'll have to look up pictures of him. You will. Because... He, he kind of looks slightly like a giant, but he, like, I'm not slightly surprised okay. either. I'm just like, oh, you look scary. He's kind of the guy at the bar that I would dodge. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry for every guy that looks like, that might, like, kind of look like him, but that's kind of where, where I'm at. Okay. This kind of scares me. After they found Nicole's body and everything, and everything happened, they charged him with he, it, it was some, like, beating, um, assault and battery okay. as well. Okay. Because of, like, what it was, like, the, um, bruising and right. everything. Like, he couldn't get away with not saying he hit her. There was that, and I think there was something else he got charged with. 
But he's only serving, like, I think it's a minimum of 26 years. Uh, which doesn't seem that long. It's not, but that's how plea deals work. Freaking plea deals. How old was he when... 30. 30. Oh, man, he's still going to be really young when he gets out. I know. Well, I mean, that's well, he's... About. 26 years, and then he's up for parole, so we don't actually know how old yeah. he'll be. Because is it 26 to life, or? It was just 26 years. It said up to 26. No. Did it say up to? I was think... it up to? Because that means he's eligible for, he might be eligible for parole earlier. I would have to relook at that, to because I remember it said, I, I can't remember if it said up to 26 years, or, or a it minimum. said minimum of 26 years. But either way, I mean, that's... It's still really short, and there's actually a quote that I'm trying to look for, and I can't find it. But I can't remember if it was the judge or the pol- or a police officer who yeah. was on the case that said he shouldn't be let out, right? Because of like what he did to her, and right? The and the amount of anger, and the yeah. fact that he never gave a reason. Yeah, like if he gave a reason, even if it was a flimsy one, at least you could be like, oh, look, he. He won't do this again. Like, yeah. you don't know he won't do it again. Yeah, no. He he seems like a monster. Okay. Like, okay. But it makes me really sad and, like, my heart kind of hurt a little bit. But just so you know how sweet of a person Nicole was when they were going through her things, uh, like her mom and her friend and sister, they actually found Christmas presents already. Oh, wow. And there was, like, 20-plus Christmas presents all for all of her, like, whole family. That was just something that really, it really sucks because she was a really sweet person. And he did that to this family. And to kind of, like, the world. Like, she was just a very nice person. It's like people felt her. I remember when this all happened, like, her mom was a mess. And she actually ended up taking a leave of absence for a really long time after the death. It was really sad. Mm. And, again, I don't want to say a whole lot about who she is because I I don't want to blab her identity. But I do remember that certain aspects of the job we did were really traumatic for her. And she ended up having to find a different position in our company because of some things about our job that she just could not handle anymore. It was really, really sad. That's just heartbreaking. Like, your whole life changes. Yeah. That's uh, Nicole White, very caring person, and Jonathan Harris, who's a raging butthole. (laughs) Yes. All right. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, I just wanted to, uh, you know, be careful with online dating people. Make sure you go on group dates. (laughs) All right. Um, So... (laughs) That wraps up episode two. Good old episode two. Yay. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. Please continue listening. We're weird and we're awkward, but we'll improve, I swear. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It's been (laughs) very many years and we're still awkward. (laughs) Yeah, that's just who we are. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.